Hey, movie lovers. Welcome to another episode of Does It Hold Up? I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And today we are visiting the 95th Annual Academy Award nominees. We're not actually visiting the award ceremony. <laughs> One day, I wish. But we are bringing you what our picks would be for the upcoming ceremonies that air this Sunday night. What we're going to do is we're going to tell you our picks for the Big Eight, what we're calling the Big Eight. Those are writing for adapted screenplay, writing for original screenplay, actor in supporting role, actress in supporting role, actor in a leading role, actress in a leading role, best director, and finally, best picture. We'll let you know who the nominees are, and then tell you who we pick, and give you a short reason why. Stick around to the end of the video because we're also going to give you some ideas on how we would fix the Oscars and get the viewership numbers back up because they keep slipping year on year. First up is writing for adapted screenplay. And the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. And I would give the Oscar to Sarah Polly for Women Talking. It is a movie about a tough subject and it is broached so well. The dialogue is wonderful and it is something that I think everyone should see. I wholeheartedly agree because my pick is also Sarah Polly for Women Talking. I think she's a masterful writer trying to discuss a very hard subject set in what you think would be pioneer times but it's a modern story set in 2010 based on a true story or at least inspired by and she does a brilliant thing where she lets a lot of silence and what is non-verbally spoken between characters speak for itself beautifully written next up we have the nominees for writing original screenplay and the nominees are the Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablements, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. And my Academy Award goes to Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think this movie is pretty brilliant with a lot of different threads that needed to be combined to tell a complete narrative which is extremely difficult to do, and they pull it off almost seamlessly. I, again, agree. <laughs> I give it to the Daniels for everything, everywhere, all at once, because this is a movie that could have easily gotten out of hand. It is a lot happening all at once, and yet they still bring it back to one central story and keep you invested the entire time, and I find that amazing. Next up, we are going to actor in a supporting role. We have Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan for Banshees of Inisherin, and Kui Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And I would give the Oscar to Kiwi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. He did a fantastic job balancing multiple characters in a single movie, sometimes even in a single scene, and managed to get us to be invested in him the entire time he was on screen. He was almost the emotional crux of this movie. I once again agree with you. 
I think Ki Hui Quan for Everything Everywhere All at Once will win. It's not just my pick, but I do think he will win as well. He's won a lot of other awards along the awards trail because his performance is absolutely astounding. Not only that, but he has a great backstory coming into this of spending many years outside of the Hollywood system struggling to get roles. So it's nice to see him back. Therefore, I want to cheer him. But if he would have put in a poor performance, well, wouldn't have worked as well. But he put in an absolutely brilliant performance. He might be my favorite part of that movie. And we're talking about a movie that stars somebody who's nominated as well, Michelle Yeoh, who I can never get enough of. Yeah. So for him to overshadow some of the big heavy hitters in this movie means he must have done something right, and he deserves this award. Up next, we have actress in a supporting role, and the nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow for The Whale, Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Inisherin. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Sue, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And my Academy Award goes to Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. This must have been a very hard role to undertake. She was not a big part of the first movie, and yet they had to make her a bigger part in the second one to fill the void from the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman, who could no longer star in the movie, and they had to completely switch gears. So not only is she giving a wonderful performance that might not have actually existed originally, but she has to deal with real-world circumstances, and she puts that into her performance, and it really shows, especially during scenes, when she gets to express her love and her missing of Chadwick. I agree. <laughs> I also gave it to Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She just taps into such a range of emotion here where she is showing not only the grief but the anger and the anguish and just so much is written into every moment of her performance that it's astounding. It's not only grieving, but it's having to move forward and ha helping someone else to move forward. She just blew me out of the water with that performance. Moving on to actor in a leading role. We have Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell, Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Meskel for Aftersun, and Bill Nighy for Living. And my Oscar goes to... Brendan Fraser for The Whale. I think he also got to a level of emotion in this movie that is just astounding. Every time he felt sad, like my heart was breaking for him. And I just, I, I couldn't take my eyes off him the entire time. He was able to act through a ton of prosthetics too. So to be able to get that level of emotion from me through all that, you got the award for me. He is a very good pick. I think it is currently a three-person race between Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell, and Austin Butler. And surprisingly, I disagree. Okay. I am going with Austin Butler for Elvis. He is playing one of the most iconic people in the history of people. Uh, one of the most famous musicians to ever have lived. And 
he gets lost completely in this role. One of the problems I had with watching The Whale was Brennan Fraser was just big Brennan Fraser. He is absolutely brilliant in it. He is the only reason to watch that movie, but I could still see him. Same thing with Colin Farrell in Banshees. Great performance, but it's Colin Farrell. Here, Austin Butler becomes Elvis Presley. He takes on that identity, and if you told me that was a young Elvis, I would 100% believe it. And it's a long movie, and he carries the entire thing because there's a lot of other weird stuff happening because Baz Luhrmann is a weird director. <laughs> so to get that level of a performance in something that he shouldn't have been able to do it in, respect. I He was my second pick, honestly. He did a fantastic job. It can go to any of those three, and I would be okay with it. And honestly... I don't know who is going to win that award. <laughs> it was a toss-up there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely a toss-up. Next up, we have actress in a leading role, and the nominees are Kate Blanchett for Tar, Ana de Armas, Blonde, Andrea Riseborough, Two Leslie, Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. This was once again a toss-up for me. I think it's a two-person race. But besides that, I just want to say, Andrea Riseborough, it's fantastic to see you in this category, but it's a very weird nomination that has been discussed to death in other videos, but she was basically pitched by a bunch of other actors and directors and stuff like that to the Academy to get nominated. She might have taken the spot from somebody else who should have been nominated. I won't go into too much detail if you want to know search for it research it it's a very interesting story but let's be serious here you're not going to win i think it's between kate Blanchett and michelle yo and my academy award's going to go to michelle yo for everything everywhere all at once once again same kind of idea as kiwi kwan who had to play multiple people within a single movie plus she had her chance to shine as the star of a hollywood film and I think she knocked it out of the park. I think people coming out of that movie couldn't get enough of her and want to see what she's going to do next, not realizing she's been doing stuff for years, and you should definitely go check all of it out. She's a master at her craft and just a lovely person to boot. Therefore, she wins. She's my pick as well. I actually didn't think it was as close as you, you did. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Tar, but that's a personal choice on my end. Uh, Kate did a wonderful job in that, though. But Michelle Yeoh was able to pull all the chaos together. She is what held the, the through line from beginning to end, and she did a fantastic job kind of rolling with the punches almost of that movie and making it something that people wanted to love. And we are moving on to Best Directing. We have Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inisherin, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Osland for Triangle of Sadness. And my Oscar goes to The Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. They were able to create such wonderful such a wonderful story in such chaos. They were able to make us feel things for all of these just 
wacko characters that could have been just a joke in someone else's hands. I think they were able to pull it all together and make a wonderful story. I like your pick. <laughs> I'm going a different route, though. Sure. I am giving it to Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. This is a category that, once again, I am unsure who will actually win, but I do think when all the voters in the Academy are going through and they're ranking everything, Fablemans might be highly ranked on everybody's sheet, whereas some people might not like everything everywhere all at once and some of the other movies listed here. So by default, I think Spielberg is going to win in a very highly contested race. I don't think The Fablemans is the best picture of the year, but I do think Steven Spielberg did a lot with it. He made you feel like it was shot back on film in the years in which it is taking place with a modern sensibility, and that is just the Ackerman, acumen of Steven Spielberg as a director. I love Steven Spielberg. He's honestly my favorite director, so I would not be sad to see him win an Oscar. <laughs> Perfect. All right. And then last up, we have Best Picture. And the 10 nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisharan, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. My Academy Award goes to Tar. Do I believe it is the best movie of the year? Maybe. Do I think I liked it the most throughout the year? No. But what I do understand is how brilliant of a movie this is. How well put together it is. How every single aspect of this film works to tell a compelling story, which is something that the Academy absolutely loves. And I don't think it's going to get many other awards on the night, so it might sneak in and end up winning Best Picture. I will highly disagree with you. I mean, I could see it, honestly, because it's something uh, the Academy likes, but I give it to All Quiet on the Western Front. It was a fairly wonderful movie. It was shot beautifully. It has a wonderful story to it, obviously. It's a, a remake of a remake, almost. Um, and both of the other ones have done really, really well. I thought this one did it justice. And I think it's the best movie of the year in, in this category. <laughs> awesome. Let me tell you something. All Quiet on the Western Front is also currently nominated for Best International Feature, mm -hmm. which will be an award that is given away earlier in the night than obviously Best Picture, which is usually saved for last. So, be on the lookout. If it wins Best International Feature, yeah. you can pretty much pull it out of this race. It will not win both awards. If it does not win Best International Feature, look for it to win this award. I would not be surprised. I think it's going to walk away with one or the other. It's definitely walking away with one or the other, but if it wins Best International Feature, which I believe it will, it will not win Best Picture as well. Yeah. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, here's some fun things. Well, some of them are fun, I guess. <laughs> Ideas, anyway, that we have 
to fix the Oscars. So over all the years, the Oscars used to do 20 million plus viewers on its night. But then it started to slip. And then you'd get little peaks every now and then, and then it would dip right back down. And year on year, it seems to be that we are getting the lowest viewership possible for the Academy Awards. And I get it. People don't have three and a half hours to sit and watch in an Academy Award. But I feel like if you made some changes, maybe you can bring some of those viewers back in and take that number of 8 million-ish, 8 to 9 million-ish that it is, and get it back into that 20 to 30 million by making some slight adjustments and adding some awards. I'm going to go first. One of the things I think the Academy needs to do to fix the problem is add a couple awards. My first award is the best motion capture performance in a film. Listen, every single year there is mocap performed in a ton of movies, and we're not giving these people enough credit. Yes, they're not visually on screen, but they are doing everything possible. If you go watch things like behind the scenes from Hobbit, the what is it called? The Battle? No, it's not the Battle of the Five Armies. Five it's, Armies? No, the Smog. Oh, Desolation of Smog. Desolation of Smog. I couldn't think of what that word was. If you watch the behind the scenes of that, Benedict Cumberbatch, who did the motion capture for Smog, is crawling on the ground. He's flicking his tongue out as if he's the actual dragon. He's moving in a lizard-like way. Just because you don't see him on screen doesn't mean he's not giving one hell of a performance behind it. So I think they need to add this award. Real quick, couple reasons why. Look at Andy Serkis in the Lord of the Rings movies. He brought Gollum to life. Gollum is a character that shouldn't have worked, but Andy Serkis behind the scenes really made it work. Same thing with Caesar in the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, all that stuff. That performance, Andy Serkis is the man. In fact, name the award after him. I would be okay with that. We just talked about Benedict Cumberbatch in Desolation of Smog. Look at somebody, look at something like uh, Josh Brolin for Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame playing Thanos. Thanos feels like he is actually in the movie, as if this alien truly exists, and that's Brolin bringing him to life. And last thing is, you nominated Avatar for Best Picture. 98% of that movie was done in motion capture. How can you nominate that for Best Picture? without giving a nod to the people who brought it to life, the actors who were wearing motion capture suits to bring all of them to the screen. What do you think about that? You took, like, every single thing that I was going to say. <laughs> That's... Yeah, it's just, it's long overdue, and I know they flirted with bringing out some new awards a couple years ago. This is one that is desperately needed and would get people reinvested in the Academy, having a new award, award being announced. What is a change that you would like to make? I would like to almost separate certain awards into uh, like distribution levels. Because we have several movies on even the Best Picture list that are vastly different in the amount of people that were able to see this movie. We have stuff like Avatar Way of Water, which was in over 4,000 theaters. So many people had access to this movie, whereas you get something like Triangle of Sadness, it maxed out at 610 theaters only. The ability to see that movie 
was vastly limited and why would people care if that's what nominated if they don't even know what that movie is i just i think there's so many movies out there that everyone saw that would be more interesting but also don't take out those smaller things because i got to see some really interesting movies that i didn't know exist because they were on the oscars list that's a great idea i fully support that because yes if eight movies are nominated and each one of them never reached over 1000 theaters and could only be seen in select areas and out of the 300 million population in the united states only what one million of the people got to see every single one of the movies why would anybody else tune in they'll wait they'll find out who won the award maybe check out the movie afterwards when it comes to some streaming service but if they saw it ahead of time all of them it's possible they would want to watch because they would have an opinion yeah so what would you do two separate awards then like yeah under 1000 theaters over 1000 theaters yeah. best okay. limited release best wide release wide release okay i like that that actually goes in line with my next award that i would like to introduce which is best picture big budget and best picture low budget the problem is that you have all of these movies that are nominated for Best Picture this year. You have All Quiet on the Western Front, budget of $20 million. Avatar The Way of Water, budget $400 million. Estimated. These are all estimated numbers. The Banshees of Inisherin, $20 million. Elvis, $85 million. Everything Everywhere All at Once, $25 million. The Fablemans, $40 million. Tar, $30 million. Top Gun Maverick, $170 million. Triangle of Sadness, $15 million. Women Talking, I couldn't find a number, but it's guaranteed to be under $50 million. So what I would do is I would set that limit at $50 million. If you made a movie under $50 million, you go into the Best Picture, Low Budget category. And if it's over $50 million, you go into the Best uh, Picture, Big Budget film. Because it's a completely different way of filmmaking based on the amount of money you have to do what you want to do. Therefore, you can get a lot of people, a lot of the Avengers movies that people absolutely love, the Star Wars movies that people absolutely love. Now, they get nominated for a Best Picture Award. Those are the movies, like you said, people have seen, and they would be interested. They would come in and they would want to see who wins, because there's a chance that they've probably seen all five of those movies. And then, you can also keep for the cinephiles, like myself, who watch almost every movie ever would still be able to see the low budget films the ones that maybe didn't get enough love still get an award as well so i think you need to separate those two things you should not have a movie that had a 400 million dollar budget going up against a movie like it's not nominated this year but the whale which had an estimated budget of only three million those movies should never compete against each other for best picture makes zero sense yeah my other thing to fix the Oscars actually doesn't happen on the Oscars. I would actually like if the Oscars were to have their almost almost their own streaming service to be once you announce your pick, the nominations, all of those things are able to be watched there from that time until the Oscars. That way people have access to these movies. I we actually had trouble watching 
quite a few movies, especially like the documentaries, the foreign films, they just aren't available online anywhere or playing anywhere. Legally available <laughs> online anywhere. Yes, you can find almost anything illegally, but that is not what helps the filmmakers continue to make art. So I kind of almost want them to, if you want to be nominated, give like rights for this amount of time for them to stream it so that people can watch it beforehand and that takes away from people being like, why, I, why should I care? I haven't seen any one of these movies. Yep. So make them available. <laughs> I, I agree. I think that would be great. And you don't have to do it long term. Mm -hmm. Obviously, some of these movies came out very early last uh, year, 2022. Some came out very late, as in like the beginning of December. Yeah. Um, so I think if you did it for a limited time, like here's a two week span in which you can watch every single one of these movies that are nominated on this streaming service or on this website or something would really pay off. The people who want to see the ones that they missed would be able to go in. Other people would be able to maybe revisit some that aren't available everywhere else. That is a great idea because, yes, it is very hard sometimes to find and watch these movies. Yeah. I got a, got a few things now. They're nothing crazy big, but a few more things. One, maybe add in a stunt work award. Yes. Again, it's for the idea of bringing in that general audience, something that they are interested in. If you went with, hey, these stuntmen, they do a lot of work, and oh, you thought it was Brad Pitt jumping off that building? It wasn't. It was this guy who stands in. Everybody knows who a stuntman or stuntwoman is. Give them an award. Yeah, they're, main, main, they're mainly seamless. You know, you don't... Trust me. Scarlett Johansson is not doing a lot of the Black Widow stuff. She does a yeah. lot of it, but she doesn't do all of it. Um, the bigger stuff, she has, like, probably three or four. So you pick a stunt person. You pick a stunt. Whoever, whatever stunt you want to do, that big stunt. I remember when Assassin's Creed came out, and I believe 2016, there was talk about it was going to be the biggest free fall dive ever in stunt history on film for a movie. It was like 125 feet this stuntman fell. So you would pick that stunt, and the award then would be go to, go to the stunt choreographer and the stunt person who performed it. Like Let it. these people get some recognition. And I know they probably have their own awards things, but they aren't nearly as televised nor as widely available as the Oscars are. Plus, then they get to just show the stunt, and that is something that people will be interested in. And who knows, maybe you see a stunt from a movie that you haven't watched yet, and you go, that looks cool. Let me check it out. Two other things. I don't think you have anything left, correct? Correct. Okay. So I have two more quick things to touch upon. The show doesn't seem fun. It seems... I get it. It's supposed to be a very high class. People dress up in fancy wear. Like, bring in a little bit of fun. Bring in a little bit. Especially if we add in, like, a stunt award. Do some of the stunts on stage. Be a lot of fun to see that. Let them interact more let them have a little and they've been trying that over the years but something's just been missing where they're going a little too political yeah. a little too trying to touch upon real world subjects which is awesome but three and a half hours of every single person trying to touch upon that stuff eh. it's why usually people will binge watch the not binge watch but catch up on youtube or facebook or wherever 
the opening monologue because that's where a lot of the jokes happen. I think those need to be kind of spread throughout the entire thing and let the audience, the celebrities, also tell jokes. Don't have it all be so serious. Yeah, you honestly have to make it a spectacle to watch at the moment. Like, if you don't see it as it's happening, what are you doing with your yeah. world? Monday morning, what are you going to do when everybody's talking about it at work or at school? Yeah. Oh, my God, did you see that stunt perform? Did you see that happen? Oh, no, I missed it. Well, you shouldn't have missed it. Yeah. Oh, I just checked out the thing on, on YouTube, someone's video, just tell me the winners. Yeah. It's like, that. you didn't get the full experience of it then. That's my penultimate thing that needs to change. The winners and everything are made available. People put this stuff up on YouTube. They clip it. They all that. That's where people are getting a lot of their um, information from. They find out who the winners are. They find out what happened, the highs, the lows, everything from people like us who are on YouTube who after the Oscars will have a video out talking about what we thought of everything that happened and who the winners were that needs to be i don't want to say shut down but you need to get control of that in some way you need to not stop them from doing it because you want as many people talking about the oscars as possible but you need to make it worth watching night of and not waiting for just a clip show the day after because we don't have we don't have the rights to show everything and if we did our video would be taken down we wouldn't be able to show it so you have some sort of control there but make it so that people don't want to miss it while it's actually airing yeah and the last thing i have speed up the show it <laughs> always runs overtime it's scheduled from like seven to ten three hours which is a lot of time yet somehow it always goes overboard and here's where i think we run into a big problem we have very long monologues about introducing movies, about introducing all the uh, nominees. The categories. Categories. But then we cut speeches short. That needs to be switched. Let people talk. Let people who won give their speeches. That's what I'm here for. I know who the nominees are. You could run through them like we just did in 30 seconds and then let the other people talk. Here's how you get more time back so you don't go over. I don't need to hear every single song nominated for best original song live on stage it's not interesting most of the songs that they nominate are ballads which mm -hmm. is not drawing the audience in i sure. don't want to see one person standing in a dark room singing for seven minutes <laughs> it's just it's not interesting though to be fair i'm really excited for the rrr song not to not to yeah uh it is it is my heart pick to win that award and if they perform it on stage and do some of the dance but the problem is okay. that's a seven and a half minute song that's seven and a half minutes that could go to speeches other things yeah if you want to have it have every single performer be ready to sing their song and do a compilation of some kind take a six minute seven minute segment and just go, you get a minute, you get a minute, you get a minute, you get a minute. Sing a part of your song. We'll transition to the next person. Get them all out in one way. That's how you speed up the show. You get rid of some of that in-between stuff. One of my suggestions was the only song you should have sung, maybe last year's winner. Bring them back. Let them perform live to remind everybody what won since they're going to be presenting it later anyway. And let them sing or have special guests. I remember last year or two years ago, Eminem finally got to perform on stage for his song from 8 Mile. And it was amazing. 
and nobody saw it coming and it was a moment and if you missed it you just missed it we need more of that so speed up the show a little bit so that you can use that time wisely elsewhere i could see limiting their length like you don't need the seven minute song in its entirety but i would not cut the songs i find them to be in i like watching them because it's something different than the monotony of them just going let me spend five minutes to tell you what a film is which is fine that's why i said you can make a compilation where everybody gets a minute you perform all at the same time instead of spreading it throughout the show but again if you're adding in more jokes you're adding in more skits you're adding in we don't need the time spent on the music i don't need 30 minutes of the show spent on just hearing somebody sing i know who the nominees are I can go on Amazon Music or iTunes and listen to that song. I don't need it sung live. And they never sound the same same live. Yeah, they never do. So that's my ideas on how to make the Oscars better. Make them more enjoyable to watch. And Hers too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Got selfish there for a second. You had more of them, <clears throat> so. Yeah, I've been watching the Oscars religiously for well over a decade now i never miss it i have watched the viewership go down and i have found myself not as entertained each and every passing year even though i'm still invested in who wins it's i'll record it and i'll watch it later so i can skip things because forward <laughs> there's stuff that i just don't get invested in and i think yeah. making some changes will bring back that viewership i yeah i'm i was one of those viewers who never watched it until I had to start watching it with you. So. Yeah, because I never miss it. Yeah. It is an event for me, but it's not an event for everybody, and we think it should be. Yep. Let us know in the comments below what you think who's about the Oscars, who's going to win what award, and give us some suggestions on how you would fix the Oscars to bring viewers back, whether it be a new award or whether it be, hey, you know what, make it an hour show and just run through everything really fast. Whatever you think, also, let us know. Also, let us know about our changes. If you yeah. like them, if you don't like them, what you do. Yep. Yeah. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and uh, ring that bell for notifications so you never miss out on any of our other videos. Check out some of those other videos. I think there's one floating around on your screen right now. We do daily fun facts, uh, new movie reviews. We have our podcast up here every single Wednesday where we discuss old movies and if they still hold up. And every other Friday, you're going to get a fun little thing like this. Don't forget to come back and check out the Monday or Tuesday after the Oscars. We're going to have a video all about our reactions to everything that happened. And until next time, keep watching movies. Bye.